0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back for another episode, this time... Back in the house is James Dodkins. James, from all the way over in the UK, is going to talk to us about his new book, 136 Ideas for Rockstar Employee Engagement. It just came out recently. You can get it on Amazon.com. This is a great book. And who doesn't want rockstar employee engagement? Because what's happening on the inside of a company is going to be felt on the outside by the customer. You may remember James was on here before. We were talking about all types of things related to the culture of what's happening inside a company, and he's going to tell us all about this book and talk about the rock star thing, and he is a rock star, by the way. We talked about that last time we we had a chance to chat after the interview. Uh, We really had a lot in common. All right, James, welcome to Amazing Business Radio again.
1: Thank you for having me back, man. Thank you very
0: much. It's great to be here. So we did find out we had in common uh, that we are, well, you're probably more of a rock star than I am, but maybe one day I will be a rock star. I mean, a real rock star. Uh, I want to play nah, it, in front of a lot it, of every, people.
1: Everyone can be a rock star. Tens everyone of thousands can be a rock star of people. In,
0: like, in whatever <laughs> they do. I mean, not not
1: everyone can do that necessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. But everyone can be a metaphorical rock star, which is almost as good. I think everybody,
0: you know, everybody has their, their special thing they do. Uh, some call it the superpower, but I call it. Uh, oh, why don't we just call it today? Starting moving forward, the rock star mentality. Uh, everybody has something yeah, they man. do really, really well that everybody's really impressed with. So, tell us about this rock star thing.
1: Well, so, I mean, I, I won't go into like loads and loads of detail about it, but basically. Um, this this is something I used to not tell people. Okay, I was not necessarily embarrassed by it, but I used to think that people would probably judge me in a particular way if they knew that I had this secret sordid past. Um, So so basically, um, I used to play guitar in a heavy metal band, we toured the world, we released albums, we were in magazines, we had a video on TV admittedly it was a very obscure heavy metal tv channel that maybe only 3 people ever watched but still it was a video on tv um and yeah so i did that for a, a very a big a big percentage of my life we started the band when we were 15 we were just a group of friends messing around um we got spotted things got a bit serious i released my first album at 17 and things went up from there um things fell apart as inevitably things do um, and I went into the corporate world, but I, I had this this idea that I'd, I had to leave that behind me. I had to sort of close the door on that chapter of my life. And so, you know, I suit and tie every day, acted in a particular way. And after a <laughs> while, it worked. So you acted I, I, in a particular I kind
0: of, way. I just want to say you acted because it wasn't naturally you to do so?
1: No. I, no, it wasn't at all. Um, and I became... I mean, it worked because I became someone who was basically unrecognizable to myself. Like, when I looked at myself and who I was and what I was doing, I was like, who is this guy? That's not that's not me. And So basically, at the end of the day, I figured out, okay, two things in this world that I am particularly good at was, one, being a rock star, and two, customer experience. So why not put these things together? <laughs> why, why not help companies deliver a rock star customer experience? Because that is something
0: that I'm pretty good at doing. So... um yeah, that's that's kind of how it came about. Well, so now we understand the rock star story, but we don't understand where did the customer experience story come from. Where, what made you interested in that? I mean, people ask me this all the time because that's what I am—you know, customer service experience expert. And well, how did you get started in yep. customer service? So, how did you decide, you know, aside from being a rock star, customer experience was your thing? Well.
1: By accident, really. There was no grand plan. I sort of fell into it. So after the the music thing, I started working for an insurance company. So I thought, well, what's the logical next step after being an international rock god? I thought, yeah, well, I, I know. I'll go work for an insurance company. That that makes sense. That makes a lot um, of sense. <laughs> so, well, yeah, of course. Um, so I was working for an insurance company, working my way up the ranks. And I think the um, it was kind of a combination of things. The the thing that made me do particularly well at this company is the fact that I had no corporate background and I had no insurance background. The only way I could think about the work that I did on a day to day basis was like a customer, because that's the only experience I had of that.
0: Right. So it, it it's, made me perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, and and
1: that's, what I've tried to do, no matter what I've learned, no matter where I've worked, is always to try and keep that almost naive innocence about it and try not to overcomplicate things and just look at things as if you were the customer. Try and put yourself in the customer's shoes, which sounds so simple, so foundational, so so bare bones, like first step of the ladder, but it works, and I think I think that's where a lot of people do do lose people, they try and overcomplicate things, they try and create very fancy methods and fancy frameworks to put things in, but at the end of the day, if you just think like the customer and encourage other people to do the same, you you get really, really good at customer service and customer experience.
0: Right. Yeah. When I do speeches, and um, there's no doubt that the, I I mean, I, I do my homework to understand every single audience but it is much easier yeah. for me to understand an audience when it's a retail store, uh, you know, managers of a retail chain or a, a restaurant or a hotel group. Why? Because I am a customer of those people and, and I understand yeah. intimately what it's like to be on the receiving end and it always makes it easier. So your, your definition, rockstar customer experience, what is it? Well,
1: look, to answer that first, People need to understand what a rock star is. And to me, a rock star isn't necessarily somebody that plays an instrument. It isn't necessarily somebody that plays an instrument in front of people. It's not necessarily somebody that makes music. It doesn't have to have anything to do with music. You don't have to throw TVs out of windows. You don't have to drive Rolls Royces into swimming pools. That stuff is fun. I imagine. I wouldn't know, of course. I I was very well behaved. Mm -hmm. But the point of this is that My definition of a rock star is, well, look, rock stars do things differently. They stand out from the crowd. Rock stars, when you think about it, they don't have customers. They are fans. Uh, They don't follow convention. They don't comply to the norm. They don't follow the rules. They don't ask for permission. What they do is they thrill and they excite and they inspire. They're empowered and they're confident. And in short, Shep, they are unforgettable. As far as I'm concerned, Rockstar customer experience is all of that embodied in everything you do every single day.
0: Wow. So if you can create that kind of that unforgettable experience, and, and by the way, you made a great comment. I actually wrote it down, and this is worth tweeting. Rockstars don't have customers. They have fans. Rockstar companies mm-hmm. don't just have customers. They have fans. They have evangelists. They have um, people that are just willing to share their great experiences. And I think that's, that's what we're going for. So very interesting. Um, tell me about the new book. And, and you wrote it by accident. And I'm excited to hmm, tell people yeah. about this. And by the way, 136 ideas. I want you to start thinking because in segment two, after a break in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to share what some of those, you know, what are your favorite ideas are.
1: Cool. Um, well, but, right. So, yeah. So I, I wrote the book by accident. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing my new book, Put Your Customers Second, uh, which we spoke about before. Right. And I was putting together a, a presentation for a company I was working with. And the presentation turned into a little bit of a monster. Uh, let's say a 136 slide monster. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where I thought, oh, you know what, there's enough stuff here for a book. And then I thought, hey, I know how to publish books. And then I thought, why don't I publish this as a book? Next thing you know, it's a book. It's a book. <laughs> that's, that's basically how it, yeah. It, it, and it, really the idea behind it is the book is basically, literally exactly what it says in the title. It is 136 different individual ideas that somebody can implement that will help them get better employee engagement to create rock stars from their employees, to create that rock star employee engagement. And w- what I thought about this book is I wanted to keep it as simple as possible because if you are going to pick up a book that is titled 136 Ideas for Rockstar Employee Engagement. You don't need 17 chapters explaining to you why it is good to have employee engagement. You've already banked the Kool-Aid. You understand it's the good thing to have, so you don't need that stuff in there. Sometimes what you need is just a little bit of inspiration. Sometimes what you need is just an idea, and that is exactly what this book is for. Now, people that Look at the ideas in the book. No, nobody in this world is going to want to implement every single one of them. Nobody in this world is actually even going to like every single one of them. But if you can find one, two, three, maybe even four or five of these ideas that you think, you know what, that's a great idea. That would really work in my environment. It's something you can do that not only is going to engage with your employees rationally, but it's going to engage with them emotionally. And it's something that Disney talk about quite a lot. If you engage with your employees rationally, they'll take the job. But if you engage with them emotionally, they'll stay for life. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea behind it, just to inspire people, just to do things differently, just to think a little bit differently.
0: Well, I love it. I love it. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what some of those ideas are. We're talking with James Dodkins. He is the author of 136 Ideas for Rockstar Employee Engagement. It is available on Amazon.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We will be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the Shepherd Letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more. All about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken. We are back. Talk with James Dodkins about rock star employee engagement. John, or James. You have 136 ideas, and we're not going to go through 136 of them, but let's uh, let's just take your favorites. Let's go for a few of them. Go for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So from the top of my head, one of my favorites is – so if you want your – employees to feel like rock stars then it is a great idea for them to meet their fans okay like a meet and greet session you've heard of those before right um and this, this out of the analogy is getting your employees to actually meet your customers is a fantastic way to get them to realize that what they do on a day-to-day basis is a bigger thing than just those tasks and activities that it's actually affecting people's lives And being able to see the customers that you affect every single day and hear their stories and hear how your products and services change their life, it can be transformative for people. Because, of course, if if there are things in companies where they're quite tedious, and if you are somebody that has one of those tedious things, to know in your heart that this tedious thing, although it is tedious, is ultimately... Aligned towards the delivery of, of something greater for a customer, that can be something that can really change the way you think about your work on a day-to-day basis. So that's one idea: allowing your employees to meet and talk with your customers.
0: And how do you facilitate that? I mean, I love the idea. What it's this is totally different. It's, it's you know, a company has a meeting. The manager stands up and says, "We just got a letter from one of our customers. It's an accolade. I want to, I want to mention that uh, James, you did a great job on this. Let me read this so everybody can hear." that is a great way to get people motivated and excited, but if you bring the uh, the customer in to talk to the employees and say, hey, let's let the customer tell the story. So is there a specific way that you like to facilitate that and make that happen?
1: Not necessarily. It, it depends. It depends on the situation you're in and it depends on the type of customers you've got as well. Um, because if you're in a B2B environment, maybe sometimes that's not going to be as easy as if you're in a B2C environment. However, If you are in a B2B environment, understanding who the end user is of the the products or service that you you contribute to the delivery of is a good way to do it. But it can be as, as simple as just reaching out to a customer and asking them to come in for a day or even just getting on the phone. That can be enough to just get on the phone, get over Skype, and just get them to tell the story, even if it is just recording that video and sharing it. Of course, it's better to be face-to-face where right. people can ask questions. But I tell you what, Zoom so if, and Skype,
0: if, these technologies allow you yeah. to feel like you almost are face-to-face.
1: Exactly. So, like, worst-case scenario, you could do it that way. You can record the customer stories not to try and get more customers not as a marketing exercise but to really let your employees know how what they're doing on a day-to-day basis is positively affecting people's lives but you can hold open days where customers can come and not only can they see what you're doing internally but it allows your employees that don't always get to interact with customers to interact with customers. You can look on social media for, you know, feel-good stories that have come out of it and invite that customer in to talk to people. Uh, There's loads of ways in which you can go about doing it. There's no one best way because it is all, you know, individual, scenario-specific. But there are a few ways in which you can start doing that.
0: All right, I love it. So number one, employees get to meet their customers. Number two.
1: Okay, um...
0: Right,
1: check this out. So you mentioned about you know, right, mention, like having a note saying that an employee's done a good job. Okay, and, and a lot of us do this. If there's leaders out there, they think, yeah, well, I do that. Like, I'll send a note to somebody that's done a particularly good job. I'll let them know what it is that I'm appreciative of and how they went the extra mile. And, and maybe a lot of us do that. But here's a little bit of a different one. Why not send the letter... Not to the employee, but to the employee's family and explain to their family what that person does on a day-to-day basis and how it contributes towards the team, how it contributes towards the company, how it contributes towards the customer. And let that person's family know how valuable they are to the company.
0: What? Wow. Wow. That's a great way to get people excited, appreciated. Wow, unbelievable. Great idea. All right, I'm going to hit you up for like five or six of these. You're on a roll. I don't want to stop. Number three. Okay. Um, you should have the book in front of me. You. you probably do. I know, yeah, that would, but then you're that going, would have been good. Which of these 136 <laughs> are my favorite children? Yeah, so.
1: Okay, so what you can have is little sessions, regular sessions, um, that I like to call jam sessions because of the theme of the book um where you get groups together and to promote transparency and to promote openness have have these little forums where people can speak up um to each other to the leadership with no repercussions whatsoever they can say basically whatever they like they can get things off their chest they can make suggestions they can tell stories um That is a really good way to start to build up this idea of openness and transparency and communication between people, but making it clear that there is going to be no judgment, there's going to be no repercussions, anything goes. When you are in this safe space, as it were, uh, when you're in a jam session, you can talk to us about things, you can ask questions. You can get the answers to the things that you want to know as well. So that's a great idea. That's one I, I really like.
0: I love that. So in the military and we've had some military people on the show and uh, plus I did some a really cool program. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Uh, well it doesn't matter. But one of the things they talk about is the debrief that happens after the mission. That everybody comes into a mm. room, they take off their stripes and their their you know, so there's no rank. You know, you could be sitting across from the general, the admiral, and you could be, you know, you could just be the pilot or the captain. It doesn't matter, the lieutenant. You have no rank higher than the other person, and you debrief without any consequences. And that's a really important piece of it to be able to say, this is what I think worked and not. Now, here's the key to making that work, obviously. When the jam session, as you call it, is over, what happens with that information? does it ever come back to bite somebody or is it really used for the good and moving forward and there's no there's never any ill will hard feelings or any consequences as a result and i think that's the most important thing in order to create this environment you have to prove over and over again and remind people this truly is the safe environment yeah so i love that all right number four Oh, by the way, the program Um, Afterburners, it was the Afterburners. Uh, I've been through uh, their program twice, and uh, the bunch of military folks that come in and talk about how uh, you run business uh, sometimes like the military, and there's a lot of good things in there. All right, number four.
1: Cool. Um, You can hold your own version of internal TED Talks. So you replace the word TED with the name of your company, and have Little TED Talks, but whatever your company's called. All talks, right, TED Talks. And for where, those that don't you know, know what they, that
0: is, let's just—it's uh, they're short. The TED Talk. If you go to TED dot—I don't know if it's TED com or TEDx.com, dot com. These are short talks, fifteen twenty minutes long. of uh, People sharing some really cool information. So go ahead, the TED Talk internal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, talking about the work they do, um, sharing things between different departments, because you don't always know what other people in the company do, especially if there's lots of bureaucracy and lots of hierarchy and lots of departments. I mean, ideally, the best way to deal with that is to get rid of that. But that's a conversation for another day. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's different divisions, if there's, you know, different divisions all over the world, holding these little talks where you get a short amount of time where anybody can apply to do it. Um, and it doesn't matter where they work in the company. It doesn't just go to the top guys. It's not just the top guys talking about how great they are and how great what they do is. Anybody in the company can stand up and say, hey, this is what I do. This is how I go about doing it. This is how it affects the customer. Um, yeah, lots of different people doing that to understand different people in the organization and how what they do comes together as as one big team. And it, it's, again, it's another great way to share information and create openness and create transparency.
0: I love it. So... Um Couple of thoughts on that. Um, you can. Th- th- there's many different ways to go about this, and I love the idea. Of get to do what you want. But here's another take on it. After we've gone through that a little while, uh, why don't we ask our people to share something that they think would benefit everyone else? You know, something you can teach. I did this with a group of about 20 people, and it was a homework assignment. Everybody had to teach somebody something in five minutes that they felt would be interesting and beneficial to them. One person did a book report. Another person talked about uh, gun safety. Not that any of us all have guns, but if you ever held a gun, this is the first thing you want to do. And there was all types of different topics and subjects, but what it allowed people to do, in addition to the thing that you're talking about where you say, hey, this is what I do here at the company, now we're starting to learn things about the person. And I think that helps uh, create some community and camaraderie within an organization.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because there's a lot of people that don't know how certain things get done, and to be able to go, "Oh, that's how we. Oh, you you do that. Oh, nice. I think that's, it's a cool way to to be able to spread that around.
0: Right. You never know what you're going to learn, and it could be exciting, boring. It doesn't matter. It's you know, it's only going to be for five minutes. It's not like you know it's a big deal or or have everybody do a book report on their favorite book you know this is the book this is what it's about this is why i like it and this is why i think you should you should read it 1 minute on each of those four for questions, and it's just fun ways to get employees involved with other employees in the company and letting people get to know them. All right, let's do one more, and then we're going to take a break. Then we'll have five solid pieces so far. Um, We have employees getting to meet the customers, sending a note to the employees' families, uh, debriefing at a meeting, uh, your jam session without consequences, and internal TED Talks. Give me one more.
1: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to let you choose. Do you want a fun one? Oh yeah. Or do you want a serious one? Oh,
0: come on. Let's make it let's save serious for the next segment. Let's do fun.
1: Okay. So, what you can do is hold a cocktail making class either in your offices or take your team out uh, for a cocktail making class, okay?
0: Cocktail making and what you do— like how to make yep. a drink.
1: Yes, and I'll explain what you then do is create a signature cocktail, either for your team or your department or even your company, mm-hmm. and then you get a local bar to serve it. So you've got your own signature cocktail, which is, one, it's just a cool thing to get people out doing something different, but then you can call it like a cool, funny name. So, I mean, I would want to call them something rock star like So if I were creating some cocktails, first I would call them rock Tales. Yeah, There you go. Uh. Um, and I might create... <laughs> Metallica, Metallica. Metallica, uh,
0: not Metallica, ba- Metallica.
1: Yeah, maybe I'd create Blackberry Sabbath.
0: Ooh, Blackberry. Maybe I'd create, yeah, uh, cre- yeah
1: Jimmy Hendricks. All right, you've done this before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and may- maybe, last one, Iron Lemonade and.
0: Oh, Iron Lemonade and. Okay. Yeah, that was <laughs> that, that is a fun no one. Good, <laughs> yeah, that is a fun one. You know, I had a buddy of mine who uh he used to be at 7-Eleven then he moved over to Circle K, which is a convenience store chain here, and every single Friday, he would invite all of his people to hang out with him and that's all they would do is is have a little cocktail and some cheese and some sausage and just chat. And now that wasn't making up a cocktail, but that was a you know, not every company is going to allow you to bring a, a glass of wine in for everybody, or they may or may not discourage you making cocktails. but you know what you don't ha- it doesn't have to be alcoholic. Why not create a milkshake? Why not create a special sandwich? Um, so uh, it could be fun to do something like that. All right, we're going to take a short break. We come back. I have a few more questions. We're going to wrap this thing up. James Dodkins, the author of one hundred and thirty six Ideas for Rockstar Employee Engagement not 135 not even 100 no 136 get it at amazon.com don't go away we're going to be right back want to amaze your customers impress the people you work with and outshine your competition going from average to amazing isn't an out of reach goal in fact amazement is a habit that anyone can master in my book be amazing or go home i share the secret behind my mantra which is to always be amazing Drawing on the routines of incredible people, I share simple practices that can elevate your game. Once you master those habits, you'll be able to create trust, build stronger relationships, make sales, advance your career, and much more. Be Amazing or Go Home is now available on Amazon.com, an ebook and hardcover. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. All right, talking about employee engagement, which turns into customer engagement with James Dodkins. James, you have, uh, I guess, a somewhat controversial idea about the official definition of customer experience. I do. Um,
1: do you want me to just go into it? Yeah, rock and roll, baby.
0: How do you like that? Wait, look, We're tying it all in.
1: Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, I'll try and keep it short and sweet the The official definition of what customer experience is, in my opinion, is wrong, okay, so the official definition i mean people listening now, if you think of if you had to write the dictionary definition of customer experience, probably you would say something along the lines of the um interactions and thoughts and feelings and memories a customer has when interacting with your company okay' well, it's pretty pretty simple
0: Wake me up I when would you're argue finished. that
1: that. Is, <laughs>
0: No. Say, it. say it again i said wake me up when you're finished the boring definition yeah. of customer yeah. experience but no that's what it is it's all yeah. the interactions that's what yeah, people that's... would say yep you've got a new yeah. take on this but
1: i do and um, I, I say it's a new one because i haven't seen anyone else talk about it this way before so it, it may not be completely original but whatever if you can find someone else credit that credit them um the, the point of this is not about credit, it's not about who's thought of it, it's about helping people think differently about this stuff. And I think that that definition is extremely company centric, it is not customer centric at all. Okay, and I'll explain why. If you think of a customer's experience, the customer's experience are the interactions, the memories, the perceptions, whatever, not with the interactions with your company, but along the journey towards achieving an outcome or or a goal. And that could be with many different companies. It could be with many different characters. It could be with many different players in the game. Your experience, your part of the experience is just that. It is just a tiny little part of a much larger experience. If you think of an airline, okay, they might think, well, okay, our customer experience is you book the ticket. You check in, you get on the plane, you get your food, you watch the TV, you land, et cetera, et cetera. But you've got to realize that the customer's experience, there's a lot more that happens in that. There's researching the the vacation. There's booking the hotels. There's booking the hire cars. There's packing the bags. There's getting to the airport. There's There's so much more in a customer's experience than just their interactions with your company. And I think it's a very company-centric view. I don't think you can be a customer-centric company unless you embrace that what you do is just a small part of a bigger picture for a company, uh, for a customer.
0: Does that right. make sense? Right. Makes total sense. Total sense. Yep. So uh, love it. And and I think what you're doing is, is you're saying, hey, there's so much more than meets the eye here. It's not just what's happening happening on the top line or the front line. There's lots of little pieces that are impacting that whole experience. All right, uh, moving into another topic, uh, your idea about this mission uh, that you have. Uh, You've been talking about how having a mission is so important for employees. I'd love for you to elaborate on that.
1: Cool. Well, it's kind of like I I did touch on this a little bit earlier, but allowing employees to feel that they're contributing towards something bigger Mm -hmm. than themselves, something bigger than just the tasks and activities they do on a daily basis. And I honestly believe, honestly, that giving employees an inspiring an empowering, memorable mission to get behind together as a team. is probably one of the best gifts you could give any employee in the world. And I'll explain um, the way that people are changing. In the past, people were fine just to come to work, clock in, do what they have to do and leave. But people are changing. The workforce is changing. And people now, they want to feel like they're a main character in the story. They want to be able to see that they're actually making a change in the world with people and a lot of people say well look I-, I want to change the culture of the company and i believe that culture is really just a collection of behaviors and behaviors are influenced by attitude so if you want to change your culture you need to start with your attitude and one easy quick and powerful way to you know influence an attitude is by giving everyone a mission make people realize that their job isn't to do x or y it's everybody in the company has the same job to achieve what this mission is. Now, people get confused with mission and vision. And the way I like to think about it is a vision is selfish. That's what the company wants to achieve. The mission is selfless. That's what they want to achieve in the world and for their customers. And I'll give you a little story um, from Southwest Airlines, our favorite uh, yep. <laughs> our favorite uh, customer-centric company, of how a mission really affected someone's attitude which then affected their behavior, which then has become that Southwest Airlines culture that we all love today. So their mission, which you probably know yourself, is to connect people to what matters most. Okay, That is their mission. It's not about flying planes. It's not about serving coffee. It's nothing like that. It's about connecting people to what matters most. So people in Southwest Airlines realize whether they are the pilots, whether they are cabin crew, whether they are at the check-in desk, it doesn't matter. They realize that their job is to work together to connect people to what matters most. They're part of a bigger team trying to achieve a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. And there is a story that highlights this particularly well. So there's a guy, I'll call him George. His name wasn't George, but that's what I'm going to call him for the purposes of this. So George had a daughter, okay, and George's daughter had a son. And George's daughter was a single parent, and she brought this kid up basically by herself, and George helped out as much as he could, and he'd travel across the country a lot to to go and see them and help with things. But then, fortunately for for the lady, she found a, a partner, and this partner seemed great, until one day George found out that the partner was actually hitting the woman. He was violent. But unfortunately, even more, he found out one day that he hit the kid. Now, this violent partner hit the kid so hard that the kid actually went into a coma. Okay, so, of course, the, the police got involved. The guy with, was dealt with. That, that's fine. That was all dealt with. But, of course, George was then having to fly across state over and over again to visit the kid in hospital, visit his grandson. Um, and every, every time he got back home, he'd look at his phone and he'd, he'd just wait for it to ring to get that news that he's woken up and he was ready with a bag packed to go. at at a moment's notice, he'd get the call, okay, the kid's woken up, he'd jump on a plane and he'd go. And one day the phone rang and he picked it up, but it wasn't quite the message that he was expecting. The message that he got is that overnight the kid's condition had worsened quite drastically and the decision had been made that they were going to turn off the life support machine. And if they, if George wanted to see his grandson one last time, he had better get there by 9 p.m. that night. So George rang Southwest Airlines and he explained the situation. And Southwest said, said, "Look, don't worry, we'll get you on a flight. There is a flight that will get you there. It's perfectly fine. You booked. You, uh, we've checked you in already. You can just get here, get on the plane, and go." It's like brilliant. Gets his bag, gets going. He's driving on the on the highway, and all of a sudden the the traffic starts to slow down, and then it starts to to crawl, and then it stops. And he's trying to keep calm at this point. But then, you know, one minute turns into two minutes. T- two minutes turns into ten minutes. Ten minutes turns into half an hour. And he's starting to think, ah.
0: Going to miss that you flight. You
1: know what? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to get there in time. So he decides he's going to call South, Southwest Airlines to see what can be done, whether there's another flight he can go on or something like that. And he explains the situation. And I said, well, look, no, no worries. We'll put you up overnight. We'll put you in a hotel. We'll get you out there tomorrow morning. He's like, no, 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 that's that's not going to get me there in time. I need to to get there tonight. He said, well, look, if you need to get there tonight, you can um, go through, you know, a a different city and we can get you there at about 11.
0: He said, no, that's going to be too late.
1: Mm. Yeah. And he started to realize this this might not happen. They might not be able to help. And he he, he hung up on them and threw the phone down. And he started to realize it really started to dawn on him that he wasn't going to see his grandson one last time. He wasn't going to get to say goodbye to him one last time. He wasn't going to get to tell him that he loved him one last time. And just as that realization washed over him, the traffic started to move again. First, it was a crawl Then it started to speed up and then it started to move and he saw an opening and he put his foot down and he went, he sped all the way to the airport, He got there straight through security and ran to the gate in his heart. He knew, the, the plane had gone he knew okay but for some he just wanted to get there anyway and he saw the gate and he ran towards it and he's thinking yes i'm going to get there i'm going to get there but the, the last second somebody stops him and he knew he knew the plane had gone he knew why they were stopping him but he said look please you don't understand you have to let me through there has to be a chance and the person that stopped him said look please please just calm down please just relax And George wiped the tears away from his eyes and he looked at the person that was standing in front of him. And what he saw was a man wearing dark blue trousers, a crisp white shirt, dark blue epaulets on the shoulders, nice little badges, a hat under his arm and he was wearing a tie with a little love heart on it. And the man said, George, the plane will not leave without me and I cannot leave without you. What had happened is the pilot had heard about this story and he had purposely delayed the flight to make sure that George could catch it. And it's because he realised his job wasn't about flying the plane. His job was to connect people to what matters most and for me that is probably one of the most powerful stories that highlights how a mission can affect attitudes attitudes become behaviors and behaviors become cultures and these cultures these rock star cultures that don't just make customers they make fans
0: i i love it i love it and i think that's so much what it's about as we talked about from the very very beginning rock stars don't have customers they have fans rock star companies Don't just have customers, they have fans, evangelists, people willing to sing their praises, tell the story, and uh, that's what it's about. All right, we are out of time, and that was an amazing story. And just so everybody knows, we do not go in after these shows are recorded and start cutting and editing. This is going to stay exactly the way it was told Not one thing taken out, not one thing changed. All right, James, we know the wrap-up question, the one thing question, one thing you want to leave us with, something you want to remind us about or share something new. It's like a lightning round real fast. Ready, set, go.
1: I mean, for me, it's just one sentence. If you want to put your customers
0: first, you need to put your employees first, first. Love it. And that is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. You know, we could almost call it Rockstar Radio, but that would be your brand, not mine. Yeah. But that's what we're trying to do. Rockstars want to create amazement, amazing shows. They want amazing fans. They want to delight them. They want to emotionally connect with them. And that's what companies and brands need to be thinking about. I don't care what you sell, whether it's B2C, B2, uh, B2B, B, or if it's even the government dealing with a constituent, a citizen, who ultimately is your customer. The goal is to be better than just okay. The goal is to create a fan. Well, James, thanks so much for being on the show again. I've said it a few times already, but it's 136 Ideas for Rockstar Employee Engagement. It is out and available at Amazon, and uh, I can't wait to have you back on the show, James. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you for having me again, and I look forward to coming back next time, too.
0: All right, everyone. That's another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we'll have another great episode next week with another great star. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network.
0: For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.